everybody. <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. I was telling you something, and you didn't tell me you were recording. And... Okay. Thanks for joining us oh, for... So it's come to this, a Simpsons Family Podcast. That was embarrassing. That's us. This is our 10th episode, everyone. This is oh, exciting. Wow. Happy birthday! And it started off on a stinker like that? Who do we think we are? Fix it in post. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Or not. So, um, as always, I am the father, Brian. Yo, what's all my wiggity-wiggity-whack boys of the internet? I'm Brendan. Oh, if you could see Kaylin's face right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you pointing to me? I'm pointing to you. My name is Corey. I'm the mother. People had feelings about you, Brendan, acting very, I'm on a podcast, look at me, look at me, look at me. (laughs) And I won't say who they were, but, like, he's probably going to punch you next time he sees you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Go ahead. I'm just ridiculous. That's what I do. (laughs) Hello there. Um, This episode probably going to be chaotic. I'm Kaylin. I am the daughter slash sister in this. And, um, eat your vegetables. Kaylin, what do you mean this episode's probably going to be chaotic? I don't feel like we ever have chaotic episodes. <laughs> that, mm, Never. Wow. It, it started off pretty bad. <laughs> and it's going to end pretty bad. That's the uh, Simpsons guarantee. Because I didn't remember the name of this podcast. <laughs> Or maybe it could just go up from here. You clearly didn't remember the Twitter either. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, if you want, if you want to talk to us on social media, like tell us to stop doing this, you know, do anything. Uh, it, you can find us on Twitter at it's come to this pod. The number two, though. Yeah, the number two. Thank you. I wouldn't have remembered that. Yep. Or, of course, you can email us at so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. We have no emails this week, so if anyone would like to reach out to us, please let us know. And you can even follow us on Instagram at so it's come to this underscore pod. You can look at some posts that we have. You can DM us. What posts do we have, Kaylin? Because I've been following it, and there are not that many updates. Well, at least you don't follow the Twitter, because no, I don't I update don't. it at all. <laughs> because you're in charge of it, and I know better. And I remember a few episodes ago, Brendan's like, I'm going to do much better on Twitter, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Oh, cut him a break. He's been pretty busy. Yes, he has been busy. I've been very busy. Brendan, why don't you tell us why you've been so busy? Uh, I have a musical coming up. Uh, Come see and it. It's gonna be awful so come see it please if you're in the area and what musical is this this is beauty and the beast and what are you playing i am playing Monsieur dark the creepy old man who's also the asylum owner it's the role he was born to play <laughs> yes <laughs> and he gets a solo song yep no i thought you did yeah. no it's a trio you're a trio what Wait, yes. you're singing the song as a trio, so you're going to sing three different voices? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. he's like yeah, Billy it's a Joel. Show. It's like Billy Joel singing that For the Longest Time song, because I don't know if you knew this, if you're a big Billy Joel fan. Kalen's he did. He did all of the background vocals for that song also. But not all of them. Who is him. Smooth McGroove? If anyone got that, I will be amazed. If we get sued, I'm not even going to be surprised. I'm not. I'm serious. Wow, she actually said it a different way this time. Look at that. So, 
All right. Well, as mentioned, um, yeah, we're excited. This is our 10th episode. Um, who would have thought we've ever, ever would have made it here? So that's exciting news. We've made it to a little bit of a small milestone here. So we've made it to 10 episodes, which is very exciting stuff. What is that? The sixth time you've said 10th episode? 10th episode. Okay. But obviously we're learning as we go along. Thank you for those who have been along for the ride. Um, hopefully the show has been getting better as we I've go. I've been thinking, aside from the nonsense people who aren't nonsense, TJ and Cash, aside from them who I clearly make up because Richard Gere is not listening to this podcast, like the only person outside of our group who is listening is Tim. That we're aware of. And I would like to make him an honorary member. Oh, God, oh look at that. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, this is very creepy. <laughs> now he's like, I immediately Tim, run regret. When, Tim, he, run while you still can. Get out of here. <laughs> he immediately regrets ever listening to this, ever emailing us, ever interacting with us. But oddly enough, he keeps coming back, so... Thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. I mean, we don't know. Thanks, no, we do, because he keeps posting things and thanks. liking our posts. And also, thanks to TJ and Cash. Oh, my God. We're going to get sued. By the- TJ and Cash? <laughs> yes. And the 12 and a half listeners that we have. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let, let's go on and move into things here. Today, I do not have a tapped out update. Oh, Other, yeah. other than to Ding say the dog, that- the witch is dead. Guys, we're winning. We're winning this battle. <laughs> Other than to say that the Christmas update is over and there has been no new update yet. So we've been kind of uh, just kind of waiting in limbo to see what, if anything, is going <laughs> to happen. limbo? Wow. Yeah. So That's dramatic. <laughs> waiting to see what's going to happen next if they're going to be moving along. So we'll see. They won't. Um, but I do have some Simpsons news today that I just wanted to quickly talk about. Um, So for those of you that have been listening along the way, you probably heard a while back um, there was some discussion one episode where um, Danny Elfman came out and was reporting that he heard that The Simpsons was ending, and then Al Jean, uh, one of the producers of The Simpsons, came back and said that was not true, that there was really no plans for ending it. Um, So I did see an article uh, that was uh, posted online at Digital Spy, which is actually a British website. So, and they did just report that, um, yes, there is really no plans to, to end the show at this point, but it does say that the bosses over at Fox are planning for uh, setting up a plan for what's going to happen once the show goes away. Um, so essentially, uh, the way that this goes is the Fox Entertainment president, Michael Thorne, admitted that the company's recent extension into other animated titles beyond the likes of Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and The Simpsons is part of its contingency plan for when the shows finish. So obviously, The shows? The shows. Well, so, because eventually all these shows are going to end. So what they're saying is they're kind of developing new animated properties for when these shows do end. I don't know. Bob's Burgers could have the potential to go all the way. Right. It might go all the way. Farther than The Simpsons. I don't know. I mean, farther than The Bills last week. (laughs) So, yes, Bob's Burgers is a great show. It is another one that we all love here. Why? Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but continuing on to this article here, um, Thorne said he admitted he doesn't know when that might happen, so when these shows will end. But he explained that Fox's new and upcoming series are part of its business and programming strategy as much as they are part of the preparations for a post-Simpsons world. Okay, So he did say, and he was quoted as saying this, that we have to prepare for a day when we don't have some of our flagship animated shows, he continued, before reassuring fans that there are no immediate plans for the shows to disappear, quote-unquote, next month. What? What? So, so it's... Wait, so like, in yeah, right. two months, there's no... It can totally end. I mean, but like, he's saying there are no plans for it right now. So there's no immediate plans that the show is going to be ending. But obviously they are thinking forward and kind of being prepared for when the show and these other shows that were just mentioned were to be ending as well. I still don't understand it, but I'm just going to pretend I do. Well, it's it's just more or less just being prepared for... No, no, I understand what happen. you're saying. I don't understand why he used that word. Gotcha. Phrase, whatever About you next month, dis- that yeah. they won't be disappearing next month. Yeah. So, so obviously... Who knows? Um, we'll see what happens. Like I said before previously, I know that the um, actors are actually contracted for one more season after this season. And then beyond that, uh, nobody seems to really know at this point. So we will see and we will keep our uh, ears to the ground uh, trying to figure out what is happening with the show. So, all right. So uh, with that, do we have other news? News and views. I mean, it's been a slow Newsweek, I guess. Janelle Monet came out as gender non-binary. I don't know who that is, but good for her. She's adorable. Oh, they're adorable. I'm sorry. I used the wrong pronoun. You're um, very bad at this. Two <laughs> oh. people named Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. Do you know who those people are? No. Anyone know who those Isn't people are? Zane you should the guy not be talking to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Not the guy who's not Harry Styles in One Direction. Um, they're back together, I guess. So wait, I, I don't like, know. One Direction is back together? No, no. Gigi oh, Hadid. One Direction said that they might have a plan. Well, they didn't say it, but people think that they might have a plan. Yeah. Cool. cool story, think bro. They might have a plan to get back together for a show. I mean, they've also said that about NSYNC and Timberlake's not doing that. But they like they rebooted all their websites mm, and stuff. Okay, so, but so did NSYNC and Timberlake is not going to do that. There's going to be one person that holds out and I love Harry Styles and it's probably going to be him. Um also, do you have trouble sleeping at night? Sure. <laughs> She's looking right at me. Perhaps, <laughs> like, I need to answer her. Perhaps you should think about getting a sleep divorce. What? what? I'm sorry? So if, if you're married and you're sleeping with someone, or if you're not married and you're sleeping with your partner. Ooh. Um, Brendan. You, you, a sleep divorce is basically you sleep in separate beds. Like Lukey, Lucy and Ricky style. Like you have twin beds... And then when you push the beds together, that's when the magic happens. And then you pull the beds apart again so you can get a good night's rest. I, I don't think we'd have room in our room right We now. would not. <laughs> this is That's a bad idea. Here's the most exciting thing for me. Not exciting for me at all, though. Steve McQueen's 1968 Mustang from the movie Bullet sold for $3.4 million. Why'd you say now, Bullet like that? Because that's how it's called. It's Bullet. Um... 
<laughs> what? That Putting the car? stress on the wrong syllable. How dare what? you? That car uh, is literally my dream car. I love that car. I love that movie. If you've never seen that movie, watch it. But I didn't get that car, so I don't know why I'm so excited about it. Because it's $3.4 million. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Well, I mean, that's it. It was didn't a, it was use it a, for a monorail. It was a slow, slow news week. Well, in case you were listening last week... No one was listening to our, last week. It, yeah, you weren't, but, you know, uh, to our end step... thought it was Act 4. It, yeah, it's Act 4! Anyway, <laughs> that's not gonna stick. Anyway, um, so... Yeah, it was a very big news week for Magic, because the 17th through the 19th uh, is the pre-release, so if you guys want to get into Magic and don't really know how to, pre-releases are a great way to go, so uh, just look it up online, you'll find a bunch of locations, just come to one of them, and it'll, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Alright, um, what about our useless weather update? Okay, okay, so currently, welcome Viewers to the... Viewers. <sighs> just just do it, Kaylin. <laughs> Welcome. And it's time for the... Weather update. Welcome, listeners from far away and close. Today, where we are... It's time for a useless weather update. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, the weather currently where we so are <laughs> is 30 degrees Fahrenheit and cloudy, and the wind is 14 miles per hour. The humidity is 74%. The dew point is 23 degrees. All right. Excellent. And I forgot to bring out my romper room mirror to do a little oh, listener appreciation. Before you do that, I will say that, um, Kaylin, you did get some feedback this week. Oh, yeah, I did. From some listeners that actually did say they enjoyed the useless weather update. I'm famous, guys. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, Kaylin, but how many, how how much is the wind in knots? I might fight you. (laughs) One of these times, you're gonna tell me. No, I'm not. I, I liked how in the last episode you were waiting for her to give you the wind speed yep. and she didn't give it to you yep. you're like do you have anything else to say and she's like nope and you're like oh. <laughs> yes our romper room viewer shout out what hello Susie hello Mike Maurice hello Teresa hello Patrick hi Patty hello Jessica hello Caleb hello Tim hello Dolly what? Hello, TJ. Hello, Cash. Richard Gere. No, you already said he wasn't listening. Yes, he he is. Uh, I I lied. Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Hello. Stop, please. Hello, Jax Taylor. Jax Taylor, yes. Tom Schwartz. <laughs> I bet Tishwa would uh, listen. If I left could. right now, what would happen? Sandoval. See, Vanderpump Rules started this week, so... Brittany Cartwright. Stassi. No. Hello, Stassi. Okay, we're done. Oh, wait. Dang, I could have kept going. Is this the season that you could be in? It could be. 
Okay, well, if you want to see Brian in the You're next episode of Vanderpump Rules. I don't know when it'll be on. Uh, or if it'll be on. Watch this season of Vanderpump Rules, and he'll be in the background, maybe. But yes, as we mentioned, I think it was in the last episode when we were talking about our 2019s, Corey mentioned that we went to Sir restaurant which is where they record a lot from the show and i just happened to be walking by um raquel yes, and someone a, having a, a character having a conversation you know and it was kind of interesting because i was literally just trying to walk to the bathroom and i saw that they were filming and just kind of stopped and the producer just looked to me and just kind of waved me on and said hey it's fine like we're supposed to make this look like it's an active restaurant which it is while they're recording so he was like just go ahead and walk right through so, I don't know, maybe I'll get on, maybe I won't, we'll see. You know, I usually get mad when you call people on their characters, because, like, they're people. Katie's a person, and Stassi's a person. Kristen might not be a person, but... <laughs> but Raquel? Do you think she's a robot? Raquel's definitely a character. Like, if that's really her 24-7, that's exhausting. Oof. This this segment of the podcast brought to you by Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> oh no! Ooh, Lisa Vanderpump, will you be a sponsor? <laughs> She's like no. She's like hard pass. <laughs> Just like Ken said no. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> All right, I continuing don't understand on. what's going on. All right, Lisa Vanderpump's the owner, and I understand Ken is that. her husband, and he also owns the restaurant. Yes, but he doesn't understand why we're mentioning it. So so why so why. Because I'd Why like... do you call Lisa Vanderpump Lisa Vanderpump, but Ken isn't well, Ken Vanderpump? Because he's not a Vanderpump. Oh. His name's Ken Todd. Why don't you call him Ken Todd? Because he's just Ken. But those are two first names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's get this train back on the track. I don't, I don't know how to answer back that. On the, wall, the one Look track. at that. Yeah, we got to get this train on its singular track because for this episode... Wow, you're really good. (laughs) So for this episode, um, we were discussing who was going to be taking this episode. And it's me! It is Brendan. And Brendan decided to pick the episode this week. And what we were deciding was... So originally, Brendan picked the episode, he was going to do it, and then... Him and I had a discussion, and with everything that's going on with his musical, he said he wouldn't really have a lot of time to prepare for it. So then I was going to pick an episode, but then I said to him, you know what, let's go with your episode, because it is a fan favorite, um, and since we're celebrating our 10th episode today, yeah, Yay. that we would kind of do uh, fan favorites. I know I did see that Rolling Stone just recently uh, picked the 150 best Simpsons episodes, and this was number one so without any further ado why don't you tell them what your episode was going to be because i forgot some of the news that i was so um okay so yeah before i get into announcing what the episode is probably a lot of you have figured it out at this point but um originally my thought was if i was going to do the episode one of my favorite episodes is bart versus australia um, Good episode. Love that episode and everything like that. But obviously, with all the recent news of the horrible things that are going on in Australia with the fires and everything, I felt like probably wasn't the best time to be poking fun at Australia. Um, so, and of course, it's all done, you know, with fun, and it's not being done to um, 
hurt their feelings or anything like that with the show, but figured it probably wasn't appropriate um, at this point to address that episode, so we'll do that in the future. Um, did you want to say something? No, go go okay. ahead. All right. go ahead. So that being said, yeah, I mean, obviously, thoughts are going out to people in Australia, everything that they're dealing with, and of course, the poor animals. 500 million animals. Right. And um, Gone. But a lot of people are trying to help the animals and things like that. So what we're going to do at the end, um, actually, I'm sorry, not in the end of this podcast, but when we post this podcast, we're going to have a link um, that will take you to a website that if you want to help out people, um, a way to kind of go through and help them out, whether it's monetarily or, you know, things like that. So the good news is that they have sent firefighters from the U.S. over to Australia to help them combat the fires. The bad news is that now Australia has the worst air content than any other place on the planet because of the devastating bushfires that are there now. Well, and it's crazy, just some of those satellite photos that they just show. Oh, you see a smoke. Well, not just that, but just it's like lit up. Yeah. Just the entire country. It's just absolutely crazy and just... horrible thing that's happening there and the pictures of all the baby koalas with the burnt peats and but did you hear about that one woman that's making all the the little mittens yes yes i cried when i read it yeah so very sweet obviously that people are getting involved and trying to help out so but they need some more help so you know of course we'll have that link uh once we post this episode and get that available so yes all right. So um, that being said, for our episode this week, tough to transition from that, but um, moving along, Brendan has picked our episode. And Brendan, what episode have you chosen? It is monorail, 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 monorail. Yep. I heard those things are awfully okay. Uh, yeah, it's the monorail episode. Yep. Yay! Marge versus the monorail. Uh, production code nine F ten. Uh, this episode was originally taken from season four, and it is episode 12 of that season. Oddly enough, we are almost on the exact day that that episode was released. Uh, it was released on January 14th, 1993. Uh, this episode was directed by Rich Moore. It'll be much past that by the time you're listening yes. to this. And it was written by one of my favorite people, Mr. Conan O'Brien. Um, and uh, obviously we have some guest stars, uh, Phil Hartman. And Leonard Nimoy uh, guest starred on this episode. Phil Hartman plays, of course, the wonderful Lyle Landley. Now, I shouldn't say wonderful because he's not a great person, but, you know, the way that he portrayed him is absolutely incredible. And then, of course, Leonard Leonard Nimoy played himself um, on the episode very, very well, of course. And we'll get into uh, some of those things once we move along. So, Best jokes in the simpsons yeah so this is marge versus the monorail all right so now before so brendan's going to kind of lead us through the breakdown um i do have a little bit of background on the episode um i just like to just kind of let people know some of uh, little items about this episode so the first thing is um of course conan o'brien like i mentioned uh was involved in writing this episode he was involved on The Simpsons um, in season, I believe he started in season three, and uh, maintained staying there until about season four or season five. So with his time there, he was involved in multiple episodes and things like that, and this, of course, is his favorite episode. Um, so, but And a lot of people, as I mentioned, really, really love this episode and things like that, but... 
at the time. Not all of the people involved in the episode like this episode. Yeah. Yeardley Smith, who plays Lisa, was uh, quoted in 1995 that this episode is truly one of our worst, and we all agree. So she was saying that everyone in the cast kind of agrees with that. And one of the reasons why she was saying that was because this is really the first episode that kind of went away from that general, here's a story and the structure of the story and things like that. And it started to kind of merge and get a little more crazy and things like that. And really, this is that point of the show where it starts to change and it gets away from those standard stories and it gets a little more crazy as it starts to go along and at the time people didn't really like that they but now that's what the simpsons does yep. and i feel like this episode really brought that into their into the light so uh so another thing conan came up with this idea when he was driving down uh, the road in los angeles and he saw a giant billboard that literally just said monorail (laughs) it had nothing else on it um just said that and he said in his mind when he saw that he goes monorail what could be more wasteful and stupid than that (laughs) and so of course he thought of that thought of the music man which of course this is a parody of the music man and thought of a way to try to uh, bring this together yes you know i thought that if this was a movie like right now, I would cast John Mulaney, the lovely and talented John Mulaney, as Lyle Landley. I absolutely, I would agree with that. And I would cast Pete Davidson as Otto. Otto wasn't even in this episode. <laughs> he was in the in the conductor class. Oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Lyle Landley, everything about him, yes, kind of screamed John Mulaney to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, you have great ideas. Oh, actually, a quick follow up though. One of Corey's ideas that she had a few episodes back was... But... I know. I'll, I'll give really. you credit. I'll give you credit where credit's due. She came up with an a amazing idea of Face Off, uh, basically doing a parody of the movie Face Off with um, Sideshow Bob switching faces with Krusty the Clown. So we did realize that there technically was an episode already where <sighs> Sideshow Bob took someone's face... But it's not, it doesn't really follow the same uh, plot and everything like that of the movie Face Off. It's not as crazy. It's literally he just switches faces with the guy who is sharing the jail cell with him so that way he can get out. So we did find that out that, you know, there technically was a mention of that. But still, I think Corey's idea would be much, much better to basically just do a straight up parody of that movie and just let it be as ridiculous as the movie is. So. And I've never seen that movie. Me neither. All right, so a little bit more about this, a little bit of background. Um, Apparently, uh, when Conan first got hired, he was one of the first people that actually got hired after the initial people that were hired when the show started. So he was one of the first people that they brought in after some of those people started to leave. And not as, like, a guest or something? Correct, yeah. So he was hired on as a writer and things like that. So they went to a writer's retreat. And Conan had all these ideas in his head that he wanted to pitch. And, of course, he had to pitch them to James L. Brooks, who was the one of the creators of the show and obviously well-known for other shows such as Cheers and a lot of other things. 
And so he was telling Al Jean and Mike Reese, whose names have come up before as far as creators of the show, and he told them the idea of this episode. And both Al Jean and Mike Reese kind of were like, eh, I don't know if I would start with that. This episode seems a little crazy. There's a lot to it. I don't know if I would lead with that, maybe go in with some other things. And they thought James L. Brooks wouldn't like it. So Conan did pitch a few other uh, episode ideas. And kind of last but not least was just like, hey, I also have this idea. And James L. Brooks loved it and told him, go with it, run with it. That's what I want you to do. Um, so, yeah, it kind of went off with that. Um, as mentioned, Leonard Nimoy is in the episode. We'll talk more about uh, what he does as the episode goes along. Uh, but originally, he was not asked to portray this uh, role in this episode. Um, the main reason why was the creators just simply thought he wouldn't want to do it. Because I guess they had asked William Shatner to do an episode in the past and he flat out shot them down immediately so they were just like well there's no way Leonard Nimoy would do it so they originally asked George Takei oh my to portray this role um, George Takei was on an episode prior to this I believe it was in season 2 uh, the episode One Fish, Two Fish Blowfish, Bluefish and he plays Akira which is a, uh, a Japanese uh, sushi chef. Um, so he was already on the episode, so they felt like, oh, they'd have a good chance of getting him. He agreed to be on the show, and everything was going fine, but apparently he asked for a lot of rewrites uh, for what they wanted of this character and was kind of being a little bit difficult, from what I understand, and then finally he decided that he didn't want to do the episode. So then the creators were just like, well, you know what, let's ask Leonard Nimoy, and he agreed to do it. So um, could have been George Takei all along. Um, and then one of the main reasons, though, that George Takei didn't want to do the episode was because he said that um, this episode obviously is poking fun at kind of mass transit and monorails and things like that. And at the time, he was on the board of directors of the Southern California Rapid Transit. And um, so he felt that it would kind of be a conflict of interest um, if he kind of did that. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, and then the last thing I just wanted to uh, quickly mention about this was in 2014, uh, Conan O'Brien and Hank Azaria performed the monorail song as part of the Simpsons Take Over the Bowl. So this <laughs> was a performance where they got together at the Hollywood Bowl, and Conan played Lyle Landley, and Hank Azaria did all his voices and things like that, and they did a live performance of this song back in 2014. So that would have been pretty cool. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, all right. So before we jump in here, real quick, some monorail facts. Oh no, got some monorail facts. Is Are it about the monorail loud? at Disney World? This is just monorails in general. Oh, okay. the only monorail I know is in Disney World. Where are there more monorails? So, so it's funny that before, you asked that before you answer. Yes. Are they awfully loud? I hear they're as soft as a cloud. So the monorails. There's actually only 75 monorails in. Uh, being in use worldwide as of August uh, 2019. Of these, uh, 34 of them are for attractions at theme parks, at airports, you know, things like that. So as you mentioned, the Disney World monorail. That I like that monorail. Them. Now that Disney owns the Simpsons, Everything? I think it would be pretty cool if they tried to rebrand their monorail <laughs> with the Simpsons monorail. Yeah. Might be yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. So... Um, but they are among the safest forms of transit 
because they move slow. Uh, they're very difficult to derail. Uh, and you don't have to contend with traffic, obviously, because you're on the um, the track is up above. And they generally operate over short distances, so they um, typically don't need drivers and things like that. So. Well, aren't there, like, mm, so, maybe they're not monorails, though. So what you're saying is that the Simpsons lied to us. Yes. Because they said that monorails were almost 150 miles per hour. <laughs> and there are conductors and... But that's because everything broke on the monorail. No, caused no, it to go no, it fast. was... A- uh, 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 they they said somewhere that it was supposed to go 150 miles an hour. I gotcha. And then when it broke, it went 180. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I, let's. I do have a question. Yes, go ahead. Are there monorails in Germany and Japan, or are those high speed trains? And what are the difference? Well, you didn't do all your research. Mono means one, and, <laughs> and rail, rail means, means rail. rail. So if it's not on one rail. Then no, and I you do not believe. But I do not believe the Japanese <laughs> high-speed train is on one rail. Isn't isn't? Are, are we talking about the mag train? Yeah, no, that's not. not on any rails. The mag train is literally floating. It's magnets. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I yeah, would it's just. Ma- it's two repelling magnets, and it's floating so that it can go even faster. I would just like to say that it's been thirty-six minutes, and we haven't even gotten into the episode yet. I'll fix it in post. And I've been interrupted <laughs> ten times, so... Alright, Brandon, why don't you take us through? Um, okay. I do have a little bit more to add, but we'll do it as we go through the episode here. So, so uh, the episode starts with Mr. Burns. And, well, no. No! Oh, wait, no, we gotta talk about the, ca- the couch gag and chalkboard gag first. So, the episode starts with the opening credits. The chalkboard gag is, I will not eat things for money. <laughs> Uh, and the couch gag is Oof. all the Simpsons sit on the couch, and then uh, four other rows of all the sip, uh, the people of Springfield sit right in front of them. Yeah, four different rows of people just jump in front of them, right, from the yep. show, yeah. Yep. Is that, I actually had a question, is that everyone who's been introduced thus far in the series? I don't think so. Those are, I mean, they were mostly regulars. So at this point, obviously, four four seasons in, there'd be a lot of kind of one-off characters and things like that. Like Jacques wasn't there that we've talked about previously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like but I'd say that's probably the majority of, like, the main characters. Yeah, I saw Kent Brockman. I saw uh, a couple people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a good question. Yeah. All right. So, yeah... Get, then we get into the episode, and it starts with the power plant. And Homer Simpson is, I think he's sleeping on the job, probably. Wait a minute. The bell rings. You missed one of the best parts. Okay. Simpson. That's what he's Homer. Yeah, that's what I'm getting Simpson. into. That's what I'm getting into. Because right? he's asleep. That was before the power plant, wasn't it? He's asleep in the power plant. And then he And then comes the, out. the horn yeah. goes off, because it's the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, so the so the uh, Flintstones music starts playing. He wakes up and goes yabba dabba doo, <laughs> and uh, jumps out the window into his car. Jumps through the window, breaking the glass on his car, and uh, starts singing the little ditty. Simpson, Homer Simpson, he's, he's the, the greatest, greatest guy, guy in history. history. 
from the town of Springfield. He's, He's about, about to, to hit a chestnut, chestnut tree. Yeah! That was the worst scream I've ever heard. Yeah, well, I did want to go full out because I would have killed people's ears. So with that song, I, I mean, don't know you, if you already guys... do. So. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> me. Don't know if you guys noticed while we were watching it, but um, did you notice that the tempo of the song kind of changes? A little bit? No. Yeah. So they said that the tempo of the song changes because as um, Dan Castellaneta was recording it, he didn't have like a click track or anything to be able to keep the tempo. So it sounded as if they didn't have the music beforehand. He was just kind of singing it, and then they added the music later. So they had to kind of adjust the tempo um, kind of as they went along. Um, and obviously, and the song was actually a lot longer initially, and they cut it down. Uh, to be essentially what it was. So, all right, Brandon, I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, no. Uh, it's cool. So, yeah. So he sings the song. He hits the tree. The car is wrecked. I think we see the car the next scene though, and it's fine. So you know, it's as Matt These Greening. things happen. It's as Matt Greening says. Rubber band reality. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we. We then go back to the power plant and see Carl and Lenny yep. uh, talking about the um, about where they put the nuclear waste, and uh, they're talking about like shipping it out of the city and putting it into like the south and stuff. Yeah, I believe the quote is now to send this to a southern state where a governor is a crook. Yes. And then they start laughing, and apparently I heard that the creators of The Simpsons said that there was multiple people from different states that wrote in and said, you guys were talking about us, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> our governor's a crook. So that was definitely us, right? That's great. <laughs> well, yeah, so... And then Burns comes in, and then, and then they leave, and then Burns comes in and takes the... Uh, the the uh, to, 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 bleh, toxic waste. Yep, that. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, and the tub says, "Do not eat." Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, and then, do you remember where um, Smithers said that they should dump it first to Mr. Burns? No, it was the playground, right? That. Yeah. And he oh, says, right. "All of those bold children are arousing suspicion." Bold children. Bold. That's why I heard. Bald. Bald. Bald children. No, it Cancer. was bold. Cancer. They lost their hair. Bald children. That makes more that, sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. And that's also awful. Yeah. I like bold children better. <laughs> it's a better visual, right? Yeah. I just thought he like there were kids poking at the ooze in a gotcha. tree and like, ah, hey, look at this. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, um Oh my god. We we cut to nighttime at the park and <laughs> they're stuffing it in a tree. Yeah, they're stuffing it in a tree and uh and Skinner is like, "Sir, I think this tree is full. I have a terrible Skinner impression." So, and did I say Skinner? Skinner. Did say Skinner? Oh my god, I am <laughs> off kilter today. What? Continue. Anyway, Smithers. Uh, oh yeah, God. Smithers. Not Skinner. <laughs> Why are they so similar? Please uh, just continue. <laughs> anyway, Smithers. I have a terrible Smithers impression, but that's what he says, and he's like, uh, and then uh, they 
And then Burns oh, says gosh. that says that no, the last tree held seven tubs, and they pan over, and the tree is growing tentacles, and it's a good it's and a, that squirrel, <laughs> yes, yeah, the squirrel shoots shoots an acorn with laser eyes, and then eats it with a long tongue. <laughs> yes, it's a uh, it's a good joke. Anyway, um, so we cut. So then the EPA shows up, arrests them, and... Doesn't he say something like, um, we're going to stop your game of hide the ooze, or yes. something like that? <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. And they get fined $3 million. Yep. Mr. Burns gets fined $3 million and is like, all right, Smithers, get my oh, wallet. Wait, yeah, I'm jumping ahead. So, yeah, they that happens at the court. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he goes to court, and he gets wheeled in a la Silence of the Lambs, where he is sitting there with, you know, the face thing on his face that's covering his mouth. The and face all of thing that. on his face. Yes, the mask yes. on his face. And um, and then, yes, as you said, Brendan, once, you, once he found out he was fined, what does he say to Smithers? Smithers, get my wallet. Or didn't he say my wallet's in my... Right, right po- front yeah, pocket. Front right pocket yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah. Gets it out, puts cash on the counter, and then says, Oh, and I'll take that Lady of Justice statue as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so then the the town of Springfield has three million dollars that they don't know what to do with. So they call a town meeting where everyone in the town can decide what to do with And this everyone money. shows up. And, and everyone now, shows up. Before you get to the town meeting, though, remember the Simpsons were talking in their kitchen about what they wanted to do with the money? Oh, right, 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 right. And so Lisa decides that she wants to do, like, virtual reality. In the schools. Um, in the schools, helmets and things like that. And she gets to um, interact with... Genghis um, Khan. Genghis Khan, yep. <laughs> he says, go where I go. See what I see. Eat, eat who what I eat. Eat, <laughs> eat who, who I, I eat. eat. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, Bart <laughs> wants there to be, he's like, I think there's only one logical use for this money, and it's a army of mechanical giant ants. That he controls. Yes, and he decides to kill Skinner. Yep, not Smithers. Yep. And now, Cora, you really laughed at the joke when Marge says that she thinks they should have something that the whole town can be proud of, and Homer mentions the billboard. Remember the billboard? No fat chicks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. It's awful. It is awful, but but it's so funny. And I think also the thing is, Homer's a fat guy. Yes. Yes. And him saying no fat chicks is like... Eh. Pot, here's kettle. It's 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 like it's like those people on Tinder, the bigger guys who are like, I would like a supermodel, please, and you're like, Sir, you're mistaken. <laughs> you guys are mean. It's really mean. It's not mean, it's honest. Alright, moving on. Alright, so Brendan, you said they have a town meeting. So yeah, they have a town meeting. Marge says that Oh, it looks like everyone from the town showed up, and then we cut to the town, and Snake and the boys <laughs> are robbing houses, yep. taking TVs. Okay, so I was very confused. When this part happened, I thought that Marge said that they should do something the town should be proud of, and then I thought that her idea was them in the town hall. And I was like, well, that didn't really happen, and then I was like, wait. Gotcha. But then as it went along, you figured it out? 
Um, I forgot about it, but... Gotcha. But yeah. now I figured it out. Okay, there Yeah, you go. no, it was all a dream sequence! This entire episode! So yeah, so they're in the town hall, and a lot of people are um, having ideas, and one of my favorite parts of this episode is when we get introduced to Mr. Snurb. <laughs> which is obviously just Burns backwards. Yep. And it's Mr. Burns with a mustache, and he stands up and he goes, I think we should give the money back to the nuclear power plant. And then uh, Smithers stands up and he goes, oh, that's such a great idea. And then everybody gets very mad and starts to turn on them. And then Smithers pulls out a grappling hook, <laughs> and they escape out the ceiling. <laughs> And yes, I remember it's Brendan's doing it now, joke. but he was laughing hysterically when watching it. As it's well. such a good joke. And then the thing I love, I can't remember who stands up next. I think it's Grandpa, and he says something, and you see in the background Smithers and Burns getting raised up. Yeah. I didn't You know, see right that. behind them, and they're going up into the ceiling. It's so good. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, no, so, so yeah, um, he... Uh, thinks that that's where they should invest the money, um, and then some lady stands up, says something else. There are a couple ideas. Um, didn't Apu want yes, more no. police force? Yeah. Because he's, he's been, been shot, shot eight times this year. Yep. Yep. And then we get to Marge. Yep, and then we get to Marge, and she says she wants new funding for the Ma- for Main Street. Main Street looked like Niagara Falls. Yeah, or all those freaking potholes. <laughs> yeah, just, just everywhere. Yeah, so we have a big problem with potholes in our city, especially over the winter. Oh, well, now people know where we live. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> but um, just definitely some jokes that I really laughed at there. Homer with the chains on his tires and driving his car with a grand piano strapped to the top <laughs> and him just going, going, look at that pavement fly. And, you know, we've seen some very large potholes, and when the popcorn truck (laughs) falls into the pothole, explodes, and then all the popcorn fills up the hole. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. It's so dumb. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good joke. And uh, and everyone seems to be on board. They're like, yeah, we should do that. Except for Grandpa Simpson, who says... (laughs) I ain't for it. I get it. <laughs> and he says, well, we could put all our eggs in ba- in one basket. And then everyone starts cheering. Yep. And so basically, Grandpa gets all the credit for it. Yep. And when they decide they want to uh, repave Main Street, they're actually lifting him up and cheering him, even though it was Marge's idea. <laughs> what What did the mayor say? All who All in favor of... What was his name that he said? I think he said Grandpa Simpson's uh, motion. Yeah, I don't remember. But oh, yeah, what was right. the name that he said? I don't remember. Anyway. I don't remember. I don't have it written down. Uh, Yeah, anyway. So it seems like everybody wants to do that. And then we get introduced to the main villain? Sure. Character? Sure. I don't know. Antagonist. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Lyle Lanley. Um, who is Harold Hill, well, the Simpsons' creation of Harold Hill, and he tells them that they should build a monorail. I like how he also says, like, he's, like, their children, he's like, well, maybe we should, 
nah, you wouldn't want to know. And they're like, no, tell us, tell <laughs> it us. It sounds like more of a Shelbyville thing. We're, we're twice as smart as the people in Shelbyville. So then he reveals... He reveals that uh, they should build a monorail with the money. Yay. Which, I don't know about you guys, but I was very impressed by all his prep. That was yeah. a lot of preparation. Yeah. He brought that model in to show off. He had a song prepared. Yeah. <laughs> he was ready to go. I mean, if we know Harold Hill's character, though, do yes. you really think he prepared the song, or did he just wing it? It's possible. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that model was definitely something. <laughs> a fully electronic monorail yep. fl- flying around. Yeah, so so yeah. Um, so he starts to, to try to convince people. He starts the, the monorail song, which of course is probably one of the top five Simpsons moments of all time. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely great. So well done. The um, ring once came again. Off my pudding pan. <laughs> my pen knife, my good pen. Phil Hartman so at good. his best. Um, just such a great um, comedic actor and such a loss uh, when Phil Hartman was no longer around, of course, and the tragedy that befell him. But um, just absolute great. Everything about it is wonderful. They go through the whole song, and I just love when the whole group comes out onto the steps and you know they're doing all the steps and this and that and lyle lamley's down at the bottom and then the song's mm-hmm. over and then you hear honer homer go mono because he tries to continue the song of course mm-hmm. so all right continuing on i'm sorry brennan go ahead all right so um we cut to the car <laughs> uh and, and homer and bart are singing the monorail song and Sorry, Marge, the mob has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> you should have written a, a better song. <laughs> you should have, you written, should have a written a song, a song like, like that guy. Like guy. Yeah, so, so yeah, uh, the Simpsons, well, most of the Simpsons are on board, mainly just Homer and Bart. Once again, mob mentality. Yep. Especially if you have a catchy tune. Yep, yep. absolutely. And, you know, Marge was trying to be sensible with the money. And tried to do something that everyone would need. And yeah, once again, mob mentality takes over. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so yeah, we we have the that whole scene where we realize that some of the Simpsons are very into it, and some of the Simpsons are not. So, the dumb ones are into it, the, dumb, the smart ones are not, basically. <laughs> uh... So, so yeah, um, uh, where do we go next? We go to the, uh, so, uh, Homer sees an ad on TV, and it's all about how he should become a monorail conductor. And the person in the commercial looks just like him with hair. Yep. And have you had your... Are you on your third beer today? And Does whiskey count? His beer? <laughs> so, yes, they're they're basically talking right to him, and then yep. continue on. Yeah, so they're, they're, ta- they're basically talking to Homer, and, uh, and he tells Marge that his lifelong dream is to become a monorail conductor. No, your lifelong dream was to run out during a baseball game, and you did that already. Last year. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> see the cut. newspaper clipping. That made me think of Kaylin and Brendan. Kaylin, what's your lifelong dream? 
Um, my life lo- okay. So you know on school buses? (laughs) (laughs) You know the stick they put out so that the kids don't walk in front of the bus? Yep. (laughs) My- (laughs) My- My- I have two lifelong dreams with it. One of them is to either get hit by it or watch someone get hit by it. (laughs) Now, actually, can I ask a follow-up? What? When you're saying someone get hit by it, do you mean they're standing there and it opens up and smacks into them? <laughs> yeah, and then they fall. Or do they, like, walk into it? No, it opens okay, and smacks them. Okay, it opens them. and, like, clotheslines them or something. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is closing off, like, a street and having two school buses and taking those... <laughs> like, jousting. Yeah, with those stick oh things. God. And, like, you joust with school buses. Oh, my God. I that's... do like how you're being safe, though. You're like, we're going to close off the street. And well, then we're going to get the two buses to do it. Wow. What if it's internal? I don't know. So then, That's... Brendan, what about your lifelong goal? So, dream? my lifelong goal, I already accomplished. <laughs> and you didn't... I thought it was, like, opening the thing, but it was just the wrapper. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I wanted to take the plastic ca- encasing on a mouthwash container and open it with nail clippers. Yep. And a good friend of ours gave me three bottles of mouthwash and two nail clippers for my birthday. Tell him about the card. And and then gave me a a card for a grandmother's birthday. <laughs> No, not for that one. That was the one with it was Shia LaBeouf. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That it, this was like three years ago. Or it was way more than may, that. Maybe longer when uh, the Shia LaBeouf "Don't Let Your Dreams Be Dreams" meme was still around, and he gave me a card with that on it, and yeah. So, and then I accomplished it about a week later. So, I can die now. So the rest is just gravy. Yep, I. I am allowed to die now. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, so thanks Wait. for sharing your lifelong dreams. I Unless, like... Corey, do you have lifelong dreams that you want oh, to share? Oh, none that lofty. No? Okay. None that no. lofty. I mean, how could you possibly compete with that? I would like to bring something up. Okay. I feel like a really long time ago, it wasn't that long ago, it was probably like six years ago, Brendan, I feel like his dream... That's like dream, half your life, Kaylin, I so... Feel, <laughs> I feel like his dream was to eat a spoonful of horseradish, and... And I did and that, too. And he did too. it. And, and he also downed and, a wasabi packet. Yeah, that and I his, have that video was fine, Oh, I have a video of that, too. That wasn't as bad. But when Brendan ate the horseradish, his entire face was just red, and it was really funny, because he just took an entire spoonful of horseradish and... Well, and the funny part was, when he did it, he's like, oh, it's not so bad, and then it hit him, and then you just saw his reaction. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? So if you think I'm putting on an act for the, for the recording equipment, I'm not. I'm just this ridiculous all the time. Brian, do you have any lifelong dreams? My lifelong dream was to start a podcast with my family. Oh, shut up. Shot. Shut up. It was no, not. That's not true. <laughs> no, I used to have lifelong dreams. I wanted to be a uh, commentator for hockey games. So that was what I wanted to do, but I never really pursued it. So, well, that's boring. Yeah. I mean, if by lifelong dreams you mean see boys to men, I've done it. Uh, 
if by lifelong dreams you mean threaten to kidnap Matt Skiba, <laughs> done it. Yeah, that no, was. That's a lifelong dream. I mean, it wasn't um, really kidnap. If no, she said threaten to. Threaten. I threatened him. God. Well, if, now we've lost Skiba yeah, as a listener. I, I think, <laughs> if by lifelong I think, dreams. I think you can't just say that. I think you have to go into the story. <laughs> I mean, it's not a great start. I didn't kidnap him, guys. Anyways, <laughs> Matt Skiba, lead singer of Alkaline Trio. I love Alkaline Trio. They're they're a sad bunch of characters. Sure Except are. Dan. I feel like Dan's got his crap together. He has a beautiful family. I follow him on Insta. What up, Dan? Oh, my now God. Now he's listening. Yeah, he's listening. See, we lost Skiba, but we and Dan. Yeah. That's a push. So, <laughs> so they were playing... Uh, Water Street in, in Rochester. Rochester, and it was me, Brian, and my best friend Crystal. And Who doesn't listen to our podcast? She doesn't listen to any podcast, so whatever. Um, <laughs> no shout out for her. And well, she doesn't listen to the podcast. I mean, neither does Matt Skiba. So, so, anyways, we were driving, trying to find a parking spot, and there was beautiful, sad, blonde Matt Skiba parking his motorbike that he drives. He drives a motorbike, and I yell very loudly. Did I roll down the window? I did not, but he still heard it. I yell... And for listeners of this podcast, you're probably very surprised that Corey would be loud and yelling. <laughs> Skiba, you sad... Can I say it on this I podcast? I wouldn't say it. You sad... B. Get in the car. And then Brian speeds off. Like he was embarrassed <laughs> or something. But I saw well, Skiba kind of smile. And when you say speed off, we were in a parking lot. He sped off. So I really couldn't go too fast. He sped but off. But he did 100% turn around and look and like, what just happened? I, I saw him kind of smile. Okay, we'll go with so, that. So a an acquaintance of mine was also there. He was talking to someone and he heard he was backstage yes and he heard skiba tell i don't know someone yeah some girl just yelled at me to get in her car (laughs) that girl was me and he heard me with windows closed and the best part was your acquaintance was like i bet you that was Corey. yeah 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 i really really actually he shook the person that he was talking to and goes he's talking about Corey." And we hadn't told him that this happened, by the way. He just figured it out. I really, really hope that at some point, the Alkaline Trio has some... The Alkaline Trio. <laughs> it's not the Al- No, it's Alkaline Trio. Well, they're coming in uh, April, so... Well, no, that's not what I was talking about. But, like, uh, just some documentary that they make, and... And it's mentioned? Yeah. I really want that to happen. And then Corey they- will be famous. They are coming in April. Corey's gonna get, like, invited on stage or something, and they'll be like, wait, are you that one girl? <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, that was me. And they'll be like, uh, go away. That was me. I mean, Brian like, get Fallon. Get out of my office. Brian All Fallon right. already has restraining orders against me. He doesn't. Okay, let, let's, he loves let, me. Let's, let's get this Welcome back on. Welcome to the on. podcast, Brian Fallon. <laughs> okay. All right, so we were talking about Homer's lifelong dream was to become a... Um, monorail engineer. So now we yes. see Homer's in the class, and he's yep. taking the class. Yep. And yeah, with Otto played by 
Pete Davidson. <laughs> yes. No, I loved in the class when Lyle Landley's up there and he says, are any of you investigative journalists? <laughs> and the two people stand up, well, yes, we are. And he goes, okay, well, I would like to ask you to leave. And then they said, would you like us to bring our uh, hidden camera as well? He goes, could you? <laughs> and the guy has a turban on and the cameras underneath the turban and they walk out and leave i thought that was really it's so dumb so dumb but great so then so they, they just show that little part then homer is tr- studying with bart bart's asking him the questions and kaylin what was the question can you get oh can you get mono from riding the monorail yeah. and homer <laughs> says false wait no true no false and homer's and bart's like yeah you were right wow you're really good at this you're really gonna be a monorail conductor and then he says something along the lines of how he wants to live up and do the same thing that homer did when he gets older and then homer says would you like me to call you homer jr and then people can call you hoju <laughs> and then bart says no i'm good <laughs> He says, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. <I'll> you. <laughs> it's so, so dumb. <laughs> so while Brendan's going through there, let me take over for a minute. Uh, so then we go back to the class. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, so Hoju so, so yeah, So we go back to the class, and Lyle Landley basically tells them that the three-week class all comes down to... Uh, wait, no, we skipped a part. What did we skip? Where Lisa, we're in the school... Springfield Elementary. Oh, right, right, Lisa, right. we're in the school. Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, so we're in the school. We're in Springfield Elementary. And, uh, I always forget they're in elementary school. Yeah. So, and Lyle Landley is brought in as a guest speaker. He's uh, making everyone feel happy. And um, all the students are... Like asking him questions and about mainly about Superman and the Flash. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, and then Lisa asks him why a town with what is the exact quote? I have it written down here. I'm looking for it. Uh, why a town with as small as ours would require a uh, non-centralized uh, nope, I Here don't it got is. it. Here it is. Why would mass transit be oh necessary God. for okay, we a town it. as small as ours with a centralized population? Okay, we ruined it. Anyway, so, and... And Lyle Lamley says, well, I could tell you. <laughs> but you and I would be the only ones who would understand that answer, and that includes your teacher. Okay, so, yep, that happens. And then he said... Yeah, see you there, eating the pace. <laughs> Ralph? Probably. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so I'm sorry. So then we're back in the uh, training class. Yes. And Lyle Landley mentions the three-week class, and it all comes down to... Ah, uh, Homer. Well... Well, and saying... Oh, yeah. Mono means one, and rail means rail. This concludes your intensive three-week training program. <laughs> And then I love, uh, as he's getting ready to leave, he pulls out his uh, uh, little notebook and he looks and there's a very rudimentary drawing of him <laughs> with money bags going to Tahiti and um, very excited. And then they're like, wait a minute, who's the conductor? And he's like, it's one of you. And he does a grand sweeping motion with mm-hmm. his hand. And Homer goes, wait, me? And he goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then he walks out. Yep. 
So, yeah, Homer is the conductor of the monorail. Beautiful. So. So he shows off to the family. Yep. Yeah. And did anybody notice something about Homer's uh, uniform? Did no. It, look it had a cape on it. Oh, right. It had a cape. But did it look familiar at all to you? No. 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 It was designed uh, based on the um, Imperial officers in Star Wars. Oh! Mm, now but that you blue. say that. There was some blue in it. But it, was, it wasn't it was exactly the same, but it was inspired by. Now that you say that, that makes sense. Yeah, and apparently there was a scene that was cut out where Selma says to him, you look just like Darth Vader without the helmet. <laughs> and But that part was cut out, of course. <laughs> <laughs> because he looks like a dead fish. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, so he is going... So he's showing off to the family. Yep. And I don't know what you're asking oh, okay. for here. I was going to say, um, and then he's showing them the train. Oh, right. And everything. Yeah. And then what do they find? They they find the, the, <laughs> the uh, trash pandas. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are a bunch of trash pandas in the closet. I call in the that fire one extinguishing. I call the big one bitey. <laughs> and that is one of Matt Groening's favorite jokes. <laughs> I call the big one bitey. Yes. That one and also later in this episode, Donuts, is there anything they can't do? Those are two of his favorites. He doesn't like Hoju? Oh, so here he goes dumb. again. <laughs> i start calling you Hoju. Oh, it's so dumb. Anyway, so, yeah, and then, and then Marge thinks that there's something wrong. So she goes to North Haverbrook, uh, w- one of the places in which Lyle Landley said that he put their, them on the map. Yeah, so he mentioned three cities. He said North Haverbrook, Ogdenville, Ogdenville and Brockway. You yes. forgot now, a part. Corey, here's something I wanted to bring up to you. Okay. Did you realize <laughs> that those three cities were mm-hmm. referenced on Supernatural? What? I did not. I did not know that. So what, there what, is an episode of episodes? Supernatural. Basically what happened was there's a, I don't know how you pronounce it, S-H-T-R-I-G-R-A, Stigra, maybe? Stigra. London would know if yes. she came out here. And it attacked these cities. And All three? So they're basically um, in Supernatural, this being or whatever is coming in to attack and it's mentioned that I it is like already attacked that. it is already attacked north haverbrook ogdenville and brockway that's definitely a simpsons reference of course, of course that's it is. why There's they did no it no way kripke, kripke yes. air kripke is a big um simpsons fan so anyways you mentioned marge's notebook or not, Marge finds the notebook. Not yet. Right. right. Yes. Yes. Yet. Uh, she sorry, goes to. She goes to his RV. Is it an RV? Sure. Uh, yeah. It reminded it's me like, of it's the... like a yeah, like a construction vehicle or whatever. Yeah. She goes to Lyle Landley's RV, and she finds his notebook, and uh, and it's showing him. With the, all the all the money going to Tahiti, and uh, she 
Uh, and then Lyle comes in and says, What did you see? She said, Nothing incriminating. Oh. Oh, good. <laughs> Brennan, you're really bad at So, this. yeah, so yep. once again, we get to see another rudimentary drawing of him I... flying off to Tahiti while the monorail is on fire with Homer driving it. Yep. <laughs> and then saying suckers with a little arrow being pointed. I just want to know why people just leave important notebooks out in the right. open like yeah, that. They, and they make a joke about that, too. Because Caitlin just mentioned that. What did you say that it reminded you of what? Um, in the Sideshow Bob episode, when the kids are... When Lisa and um, Bart are snooping around in the trailer, right. and then they find Sideshow Bob's... Plans. You mean Cecil's? Yep. Yeah, Cecil. Yeah. They thought it was Sideshow Bob's, yeah. right. That's the money. They find the money, right? Yeah. Yeah, they find all the money from... That it that's like the seventh sideshow, but Bob still, I mean, it's still stuff. pretty similar. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 kind of the yeah. same idea of, of what's going on there. So, yeah. All right. So then, yeah. So then, when Marge is visiting North Haver, Haverbrook, the town is very dilapidated and just run down and things like that. Yep. And, you know, there was a sign that she goes into when she sees, and it says, "Was it home of the monorail?" No. The, the monorail, monorail is, king. is king. Where the monorail is king. Monorail's king, right? And um, so she's trying to talk to a few people, and, you know, they clearly want nothing to do with her and whatnot. And then that's where we meet Sebastian Cobb. This guy reminds me of the um, the scientist in Back to the Future. Before, we, before we get into that, can we just talk about the joke where where the lady is like, there ain't never been no monorail, and then pulls the, pulls the thing down, and it says monorail. Well, because it was the monorail cafe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yep. Um, and now apparently Sebastian Cobb was, um, Corey, I'm going to deflect to you on this. Hmm. He's based on um, Max Van Sydow from Dr. Strangelove. Yes. So that's what he was kind of based upon. Okay, I see it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I never saw that movie. Because so. for for the longest time, I couldn't put my finger on who he was supposed to be based off of but he's yeah no i can see it now dr strange love is a good movie okay so uh sebastian cobb basically says that he helped lyle lamley try to create the monorail in uh that city and it just did not go well and that you know lyle lamley is a, a it trickster says, it says here that he was the lead uh engineer right designed yep. the monorail and he has nothing good to say about Lyle Lamley. Um, nope. So then we kind of see, we jump back to the monorail, and we see Homer outside, and he's trying to get in, and he, he's like, oh, I left my keys. And he tells the kids, oh, get a rock. <laughs> get a ride. Get a ride. Oh, he says rock. He oh, says rock. Because he wants to break, to break the, the window. window. <laughs> I thought it said get a ride. Yep. No. Oh, my God. All right. So, so now we kind of fast forward a little bit to the... Um, Kind of the maiden voyage of the monorail. And everyone's yep. there. Yep, all the celebrities are there. Yep. So now, Brendan and Kayla and, and I don't earlier, think... And earlier in the episode, we got introduced to all of them, right? Or was it here? Okay. It was, no, it, it was, was here. here. Okay. So the one character I want to mention quick, and I'll mention a second one because Corey will definitely laugh at this one, but I'm sure the two of you, Brendan and Kaylin, you didn't know who Lurleen was, right? No idea. When she came up and she was all drunken and oh, she no. was like, I woke up in a ditch. <laughs> so Lurleen is from an earlier episode 
where she is a country singer and Homer becomes her manager and he she calls him Colonel Homer and she kind of becomes infatuated with him and Homer um, does not pursue a relationship with her and it kind of breaks her heart and then her music career kind of suffers and everything. So this is kind of the aftermath of all of that. She doesn't make a breakup song, but breakup songs are the most uh, the most consumed songs on the internet. Right. And uh, for you, Corey, mm-hmm. what did you think of Mr. Mr. Kyle? What was his last name? I forget what it was, but... He's a teen heartthrob, being 34 years old. Do you mean Luke Perry? Yes. I love Luke Perry. And then, because obviously when Luke Perry was on uh, 902-0, you guys don't know this. Well, it wasn't Luke Perry. It was Jason Priestley was the old one, wasn't it? Um, No. Was it Luke Perry? It was literally all of them except Tori Spelling. So they were all playing high school students, but they were like well into their 20s, if not 30s. And so that's why the joke goes, you know, he's the big heartthrob, smiling, and then then when he smiles, you see all the wrinkles in his face. (laughs) So that's that's why that joke was. I get it. So now that you explained it, it makes sense. And I did love Lurleen because her voice was very different in this when she gets introduced by the great Doris Grau, who usually plays Lunch Lady Doris. And um, she was the one that did her voice in this to make her sound the way that she did. So I thought that was great. Yep. So, all right. Um, so now we see Quimby is coming out and he's going to uh, kind of christen the maiden voyage. And Brendan, who is next to Mayor Quimby? What celebrity? Leonard Nimoy? Yes. Yeah. He's actually introduced with all the other celebrities. Mm-hmm. And Mayor Quimby says, well, I have one thing to say. And that's, may the force be with you. And Leonard Nimoy's like, do you even know who I am? And he thinks he's one of the little rascals. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And then I liked, right right after that, I think it is, uh, Lisa sees Lyle Landley trying to leave town. And she's like, oh, Mr. Landley, where are you going? Don't you want to go on the first... Uh, trip and he's like no and she goes it takes less and he's like oh no my plane is leaving and she goes but it takes less than a minute and he's like yes my plane is leaving in less than a minute (laughs) (laughs) and he speeds out of there of course because he wants nothing to do with what's about to happen yep then uh we see homer getting ready to start up the monorail and he's he's doing he's flipping all the levers he's doing all the things we're doing all the things we're doing all the things anyway <laughs> focus what <laughs> so uh he turns it on all the wires go crazy there are things breaking all over the place but everything seems normal yes except there's this bag that starts swelling up and, and what did it say i don't remember Seld, S-E-L-D, M, break. I didn't get that. Seldom break. Seldom break. So so, so we see, like, there's, like, the celebrity car and everybody's talking. And apparently I found out when Leonard Nimoy is talking to that man and he's telling him all the stuff about Star Trek, um, he just improvised that. That wasn't in the script. Really? He just put all (laughs) that in there for himself. That's great. No, he he says, oh, when the doors open, they're not actually mechanical. They're actually two stagehands who yep. open the doors when you approach. Yep, but that was his idea to kind of put that in there. Does someone else want to sit next to him? 
That's in a, in a little bit. That's a little Does later. But, all right, so the monorail breaks. That <laughs> yeah. that seldom break uh, to breaks. Monorail starts going out of control. It starts speeding up. It's it's a runaway monorail. And then we see Wig- Wiggum in the control tower. And then Quimby comes up. <laughs> and Wiggum is saying, like, oh, it's making me dizzy. I think I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Rather than actually doing something about it. Yep. And then, and then yes, Quimby comes in. Yep. And Quimby's like, oh, I should have all the power here. And, and they start getting into a large argument, like any two good government officials should. And <laughs> in a time of crisis. Yep. Uh, this is probably not the best time to be talking about this. Anyway. <laughs> so then they decide that in order to find out who takes control, they have to go look at the town charter. Mm-hmm. And so they go to look at the town charter, and as this is happening, we see the monorail flying by and everything oh according to this i get two pigs every month a pig every month and two comely lasses of virtue true um. <laughs> so yeah so so they they figure they figure out what's going to happen and it turns out that the monorail was powered by solar power solar power when, when will, will these idiots learn, learn? <laughs> And of course, because yeah, that's what one of the guys says. We'll just we'll just cut the power to it, and they say, "Well, no, it's solar." And that's as Brendan not said, even yes. How solar power? When will these it's, idiots learn? No, it's solar power. When will people learn? Oh, when will people learn? Right. Well. So um, so yeah, so all that happens, and then how fortunate that there happens to be a total solar eclipse right at that point. (laughs) And Leonard Nimoy does a very nice little soliloquy about the solar eclipse. (laughs) And that's where, as Brendan mentioned earlier, the guy sitting next to him goes, does anyone want to change seats? (laughs) It's so good. But the thing that was good about the eclipse is obviously it stops the train because it was solar powered, so it immediately stops it. Not quite how solar power works, but regardless, that's what happens. It ends up stopping the train. Everyone thinks that they're good and everything. But then, of course, the sun comes back out and uh, the train starts moving again. Um, as this is happening, we see Lyle Landley on a plane and he mm-hmm. has two suitcases full of money. Yep. And he's sitting there and you start to hear over the loudspeaker that there's going to be a stop in North, North Haverbrook. Haver- <laughs> and he's like, North Haverbrook, where have I heard that name before? And then he realizes and just absolute perfect delivery of the line when there he's he just is. like seat 8F and he's just like oh no oh no and he just screams just absolutely amazing Phil Hartman we miss you and yes there's a mob waiting for him <laughs> and they like Brendan said can identify the exact seat he's sitting in and they go in and attack him with torches I, they have a lot of stuff and yes and a uh a board with a nail in it, and all kinds of Soon stuff. they'll make an even bigger board with an even bigger nail. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so they attack him, and uh, they get the, he gets his comeuppance at that point. Yep. Um, so one of the jokes I like when we go back to the monorail is when uh, Krusty is staring and he's he wants out he's like crusty needs out and he opens the door and he jumps out and leonard nimoy grabs him and pulls him back and he goes no the world World needs needs laughter laughter. (laughs) like i just thought that was absolutely great loved it 
Oh, All right. God. So um, this is when Sebastian Cobb helps Homer out. Mm-hmm. And what does he tell him, Brendan? He says, uh, there is a way to stop it, but you will need to fashion an anchor. And Homer looks at Bart, and he turns into an anchor, and Bart goes, think harder, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, he, fi- he goes, uh, to the, to the people outside, finds this, this rodeo cowboy with a lasso. What? Why are you screaming? <laughs> and he takes it from him, but it, and, uh, takes the M off of monorail and throws it out. And then Bart is like, uh, dad? And the rope has fallen out. Because hmm. he, he didn't tie it off. Yeah, and then he ties it to the top, and and it hits the it hits Main Street, and it's which is oddly fixed. <laughs> there are no more <laughs> potholes on Main Street somehow. <laughs> yep, and and it's and it's cutting cutting straight through Main Street, and there are a bunch of jokes about splitting it in half. I, I love when the uh, sea captain comes out at the anchor store. <laughs> you call, call that, that an anchor? <laughs> I like the Siamese twins. Yes. Yes, the Siamese I'm twins. I'm sorry, the conjoined twins. Yes. Yes. When, uh, yeah, Hibbert is talking to two conjoined twins, and he's like, well, actually, the process of removing two conjoined twins can be very lengthy and time-consuming, and then the anchor just comes right through and splits them in half. And then I love <laughs> they, high-five. they high-five each other. Yes, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. So, so yeah, uh, it, it damages most of the town, and then it bounces up, gets caught on the donut, uh, the giant, it wasn't Lard Lad, I guess, it was... I thought it was Lard Lad. It, no, Lard Lad. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't Lard, Lard Lad. Lad. Okay. It was some other donut shop. Because isn't Lard Lad, like, the person? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh... It was just a donut. Yeah. Yep. It was just a giant donut, and it gets stuck in the donut, and it stops the the monorail. And Homer looks back and goes, "Donuts? Is there anything they can't do?" Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so so they everything is everyone is saved, and Homer is known as a hero. Uh, what else is here? So then everybody evacuates the train. Yep. And Leonard Nimoy is talking to Barney. <laughs> and he says, my work here is done. Oh, yes. And Barney says, but you didn't do anything. And he says, didn't I? <laughs> and then he just disappears <laughs> as if he's going up into... Uh, Beat me up, Scotty. Yep. Up into the, the Starship Enterprise. So good. It's yeah. so and good. And then the episode ends with there's a little narration by Marge. Yes, by Marge and she says, you know, um this was like one of the biggest mistakes that they made, but they actually did have a few other follies such as the popsicles. The, the town will never again be um, embarked on such a foolish product, project. Yes. And then, except for the popsicle stick, the skyscraper, skyscraper made from popsicle sticks, which is right next to the 50-foot magnifying glass. Yes. And of course, our favorite, and an escalator to nowhere. That's terrifying. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> All right, just a few final things about this episode. Um, So I did find out a little bit about, you know, of course, with my interest in Conan O'Brien, of him working on this show. Um, So I mentioned already he was one of the first new hires um, that came on. But a lot of the people that were involved in the show 
too, also said they aren't surprised that Conan kind of went off and did what he did, you know, with his TV show and things like that, because they said that he was funny all day long and he was constantly entertaining people. So literally what you're seeing on TV, like that's how he was acting all day, every day. Like well, we kind of know room. that now with his right. podcast. Yes. And... But of course, back then we didn't know. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was great, and Corey, you love nonsense. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Butterfinger BBs? Yeah. So they used, you guys know Butterfingers, Brandon and Kaylin, right? Yeah. They used to make what they called BBs, which were little circular Butterfingers. Okay. And Ew, of course, like Whoppers? Yeah, kind just of. Like a they were actually pretty good, but um, Bart was a spokesperson for Butterfinger, so at that time they always had butter Butterfinger BBs in the office. So apparently, one of the other shticks that Conan would go around is he was he would pretend he was a Butterfinger BB salesman, and he would like knock on the door and be like, "Hello there, would you like to buy <laughs> some BBs?" And he said if people would say no, he would pretend to throw hydrogen peroxide in their face and then run away. What? <laughs> How did they know it was hydrogen peroxide? Because that's what he said would happen. He's like, oh, you don't want any? Have some hydrogen peroxide. And he'd <laughs> throw it in their face and then run away. <laughs> like at the office? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, he wouldn't have it. He would just act it out. Oh, well, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet that's exhausting. It's kind of, I would love it, that? though. No. In an office, I, when you're trying to do work, yeah, Conan, no, I don't want, yes, here comes the hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha I'm not surprised that Sonoma Obsession is so mean to him. Yes. So, you know the picture of the Monorail Institute? Yes. When they're talking about it? Apparently, yeah. um, Rich Moore, um, who was the director of this, he needed to give the animators an idea of what the building should look like. That is an actual building in Pasadena, California. So he went there, just took a picture of it, sent it to the animators, and goes, here, I want this building. And so they animated that. Um, and some of the, the things in this episode, actually, when they made this episode, it was too short. So they needed to extend the episode a little bit. So that's where the scene with the Truckosaurus, with Marlon Brando, because that's actually reused footage. There's an episode, I think it's in season one, where the Simpsons family goes to a uh, monster truck rally, and they drive their car in to the... Um, the ring and the truckosaurus picks them up. Brennan so, used to be obsessed with monster. Yeah, mon- monster. I was. Mm-hmm. So I they they basically just reused that footage for that and then put the thing in about Marlon Brando. <laughs> the I was gonna say that did look like the Simpsons car, right? It and did, then yeah. the other thing that they added some time to was when Homer is talking to Marge, and when he becomes the uh, monorail. Um, engineer and they're in bed and he's like trying to get her going <laughs> yep. and he's like what if I unbutton my shirt and she's like no, no. and he goes what if I talk like this and she's <laughs> like no so the part when the lights go off mm-hmm. obviously there's no animation there yeah. it's just the voice mm-hmm. that was a to stretch out the episode a bit mm. they added that and then the third thing that they added in was one of the tropes that happened a lot early on in the Simpsons is when someone is hearing voices over and over again Oh, so yeah. when Marge is in the car, yeah, that and she's stretched out that. for a while. So that was another thing they did to kind of stretch the episode a bit. Yeah, as well. that was. I called that one bitey. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Brendan you mentioned when they brought the toxic waste into the park. Mm-hmm. When they pan by the tree, there mm-hmm. are initials carved in the tree. Mm-hmm. It's MB plus HS, Marge Bouvier plus Homer Simpson. Aww. Oh. 
worked, so that was kind of nice. And uh, last but not least, Rich Moore, who was the director, he won an Oscar. He for won what? For Zootopia. Oh. oh. He was the director of Zootopia, and he won an Oscar for that. Ooh, that's a good that's, one. This is your specialty. Yeah, right. And uh, last but not least, this is your specialty. Art did imitate life in 2002 because in in Seattle, there was a town in Seattle that wanted to build a monorail. And they essentially did some very similar things to this. They had a town hall meeting. A lot of people were against it. They said kind of a lot of the same things that Lisa said, like, why would we need this? We're a centralized community. We're kind of small. We don't really need it and this and that. And apparently they wanted to screen the episode during the meeting, but 20th Century Fox would not allow them the rights to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, actually, no, that's, maybe they should have so that they did decide to build a monorail. Right. That kind of reminds me of the movie Singles also. Remember, the main male character wanted to build... It wasn't a monorail, it was a super train, though. Right. In Seattle. Right. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yep. All right. Well, we've gone very long here, so I think I'm just going to wrap things up here. Uh, Before we go... No um, fourth act? No, not today, because I think we're we're going very long, so we're going to have to extend that for another one. Um, So, before we go, though, final thoughts on this episode. We'll start with Brendan. So, you picked this episode. Why did you choose this episode? This episode is one of my favorites. Um, One of my... I think it's mainly because I think the first time I, or at least the first time I remember watching this music, this episode, uh, I was in a production of Music Man. With with me. Yep, Caitlin was in it too. And, (laughs) and I, it's just kind of always been, been a good time in my life and like, it's a, it's a really funny episode as well. So like, yeah. Yep, that's why I chose it. Okay, and any other thoughts on the episode or anything like that? It's funnier than I remember <laughs> because of all the Leonard Nimoy stuff that I didn't know back then. Okay. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's kind of interesting as you go along, like, especially you and Kaylin, your perspectives. Yeah. And like I was saying, like, with Corey and I, we watched this show when we were your age. Yeah. So it was, we had different feelings for the show, and then as we went along, we learned more about it, and in sometimes, some cases, it even becomes funnier. Yeah. You start to learn more about it, so. Most cases, because this isn't a show for people mine Kalen's age, so. Right. Maybe your age. Yeah, but, like, my age in the, whenever, whatever year they were in. Well, it's TVY7, so. <laughs> it should not be. Sometimes. Sometimes it's TV 14. Yeah. All right, Corey, thoughts? It was a good episode. Okay. I mean, got. I <laughs> I can see why a lot of people would say, like, oh, this is my favorite. It's not my favorite. It's not. Okay. I. It was okay. All right. Kaylin? Um, I really like it. I don't know if it's my favorite, because to be honest, I don't really remember a lot of the episodes that I watched when I was younger, because for a couple years I didn't watch it until, like, now we got into this and I got back into it. But I don't really know, but I really like it, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Okay. Now, do you have any connection to it because of your participation in Music Man, like Brenda? Yeah, 
Yeah, it reminds me of the Music Man a lot. I like it. I like um how much they did with it comparing it to the Music Man. Well, I mean, that's kind of the point. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. And then, yeah, for me, like, yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites of all time. Um, just mainly just because of Phil Hartman. Um, I've always loved Phil Hartman, all his work that he did on Saturday Night Live. You know, of course, all the characters that he did on um, The Simpsons and, you know, and even some of the work he did outside of that news radio. He was really funny. Um, he's done some pretty good roles in uh, some movies and things like that. So obviously very tragic the way that um, he passed away. Uh, many years ago so but he is definitely missed and um for me i think that's one of the reasons why i love this episode so much is because he's just so great in this kind of a la like when Corey mentions how much she loves sideshow bob because of kelsey Grammer and what he brings to the show i think i kind of feel the same way um about phil hartman and of course just some great jokes that we kind of went through already just some great one-liners some stuff that just kind of gets missed like the whole radioactive squirrel and the laser eyes and everything like there's so much going on in this episode you kind of miss that but it's just like you know it's just so great and of course just to get brandon going again hoju (laughs) 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 all right so let's wrap this up uh we've been going long enough we gotta eat here so um so brendan any closing remarks yeah no uh i bye (laughs) wow (laughs) okay goodbye (laughs) um bye (laughs) (laughs) all right and again thanks for joining us uh we hope to see you next time smell you later